French champagne has always been celebrated for its excellence. Or is it California wine by Balmaison? It's fermented in the bottle. See, when I when I go that far, I, I change accents. <laughs> in the middle. I sound like, yeah, I sound like a yeah. Forget it. It's yeah. <laughs> no French. Yeah, you kind of have to go. No, it's yeah, like exactly. a sort of like a two-syllable yeah. thing. Well, the first one is very like oh the French, <laughs> and then you, you know, but the second one is oh. French. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, we're referencing the Orson Welles drunk outtakes from his commercials from the 70s. For Balmaison. Champagne. Yeah. Great. It's great. fermented in the bottle. It's great. It's great stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, this is how you play the game. Oh, yeah, that's what we're doing right now. <laughs> I forgot. podcast of the Osa <laughs> Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack, for along with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the second episode of the month of October. The year is 2018, and we're glad that you're with us. Uh, I believe this is the 24th episode. It is the 24th so we, episode. So we have completed one year of podcasting because we've done two a month and we started in November 2017 so oh yeah we haven't canceled ourselves it's been a year can you believe that you like that yeah it's that's <laughs> man I, I really need a job you know I just realized with the what? amount of bantering we've been doing right we may actually go through the entire theme of the song really before you have to <laughs> fade out have to fade out <laughs> all right so you guys are in for a treat. Yes, yes. Oh, man. You're welcome. You're wel- <laughs> Speaking of, today's producer engineer, as always, is Sean Ryan. Hi, Sean. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Thank you. Yeah, we've, Thank you for we've, having me. We've, we've, of course, gotten off to a fantastic start already. Yeah. Um, as a reminder, you can always check us out at osipfoundation.org. Um, make sure you email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org, facebook.com slash osipfoundation, twitter at osipfoundation, hashtag how you play the game. We, of course, want to hear from you. We'd love for you to submit your stories about sportsmanship. We can talk about them on the show. You may even be on the show. So make sure that you go to osipfoundation.org and click uh, the link to submit your stories because uh, we want we want this we want this show to be interactive and and the more interactive you are the better it is um, keep the conversation going subscribe like give us stars yada 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 so why don't we just jump right into it sounds good okay we are at a point now where the amount of stuff that we have to t- tackle today we've got so much stuff to tackle we will probably have to omit some stuff. Because so much has happened just in one subject. And that, of course, is the ALDS between the Yankees and the Red Sox. The amount of stuff to talk about is uh, insane. Let's start with uh, a story that precedes it and then bleeds into it that starts bad and ends good. Um. At the wild card game um, between the Yankees and the Athletics, this was back on the 3rd of October in the Bronx, uh, there was an Oakland A's fan at the Bronx, uh, in the Bronx, named John Spencer. He wore his Athletics jersey to the game, and apparently uh, a Yankees fan poured beer on him. 
because he was supporting the wrong team. And he was, and they were at at Yankee Stadium. At Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was, it was, it was pretty disgusting. Um, a, a, an article here from uh, Pete uh, Grathoff of the Kansas City Star actually asks three very important questions regarding the subject. He goes, question number one, um, why? Question number two, actually, is more of a statement. This is the kind of thing that makes other fans dislike the Yankees. And number three, which is actually labeled number two again on this, he has two number twos. Oh. Why waste a perfectly good beer doing something stupid? Especially if that beer is like, what, $12? Exactly. And what, like maybe a Miller Lite? <laughs> yeah. You know, you're, you're drinking a $12 water yeah. is what you're doing. Yeah. Um, it, was, it, it was captured on video, posted on the internet, blah, 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 blah. Uh, it was disgusting. It was a shame. Now, here's the quantum of solace that comes with it. Okay. There always has to be a Bond reference. Yes, as if, if not a Home Alone 2 reference, yeah. which I've been lacking. I know. Um, well, it's approaching the season again. Kevin! There we go. Um, We're off to a good start. Yeah. Uh, it says here, update, there's reason to believe in humanity once again. The Athletics found the fan in question. His name is John Spencer. Other Yankees fans were quick to apologize on behalf of one Yankees fan's behavior. Uh, and the A's... Uh, and another, uh, 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 I'm sorry, I can't talk. Another A's fan offered to give Spencer an autograph of one of his favorite A's players. Um, the A's actually reached out to him and gave him some stuff and some free tickets to the game, their games in Oakland and whatnot. Like everyone went above and beyond. Um, they found him on Twitter. Um, it says here, um, the following, the following things happened on Twitter as of course Danny Valentine uh, who goes by Danny V128 tweeted out to uh, John Spencer who goes by the handle Johnny Play Drums John on behalf of all sane and civilized Yankee fans I want to apologize for this ignorant act things like this make me ashamed to call myself a Yankees fan please don't categorize us all in this small bunch uh, he replied I appreciate it smiley face I met plenty of awesome Yankee fans too um, John Homanuk, who goes by Jay Homanuk. Uh, replied to him and said, update the gentleman's handle is at Johnny Play Drums. I would like to offer a formal apology on behalf of the majority of Yankees fans for this gross behavior. This does not represent us all. Can I offer you some beers from us as a friendly gesture? Oh. Uh, he said, I appreciate it and I'll gladly take you up on some beer. Nice. Um, not Miller Lite. I hope not. And not at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> um, a guy who goes by Smitty at Jeffrey Smith five said, Johnny play drums. Who's your favorite athletics player? I got an autograph for you, buddy. Hashtag we take care of family. He replied, you're the best. Got to go with Jed Lowry. Um, as the, as the story picked up, um, here's where it gets really good. Oakland ace fan, John Spencer had a rough night. Um, but, uh, Something magical happened. Most instances of viral uh, behavior from bad fans come and go without context or second acts. In this case, Spencer was quickly identified. Not only did he get some free stuff for his trouble, he wound up hooking up with the beer tosser and partying with him last night in Brooklyn. Wait. Really? Yes. They, they even uh, recorded a skit where Spencer enacted his revenge. They had a great night. They recorded videos. They, you know, they, they, they celebrated it. I mean, they, and then... They went to, I think it was game four together of the ALDS. Like, they made up. 
And wow. the, the guy, you know, the guy apologized, and 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 Johnny played drums. John Spencer was has been nothing but gracious through this whole thing, wanting to make amends. He's been very positive and said, you know, spread love, don't hold grudges and whatnot. I've actually reached out to him to try and get him on the show, but I, I think he thinks that we're nuts. So, mm. but I mean, how about that? That wow, in in a in a very poor situation like that, they well, go out of their way to. Make up. What was the um, the assailant, quote unquote? Was what well, what happened to him at the game when it happened? Was he was he ejected? I don't from think the he, I don't, I don't think that anything like that happened. Okay, I think it was you know it was all kept under wraps and unknown until it was ca- you know the video was released. Okay, so at which point then the the reaction started. And they were able to uh, make amends and whatnot. Okay. So, but but a kudos to John and a kudos to the unnamed guy, which I think he should probably remain unnamed. Mm-hmm. Um, to uh, th- that he you know reached out and apologized and whatnot. I mean, that that was a that was a pretty big deal, I think. And, oh yeah. You know, uh, that's that's a perfect example of you know we, although we uh, denounce bad sportsmanship, we also realize that we're human. And the ability to make amends for poor sportsmanship is equally as important as just acting as a good sport. So, you know, we can't we, we we don't we can't think less of you because you acted in a in a poor way. Um, it almost takes more gumption and courage and courage and, yeah. to kind of bounce back from exactly. that than it does to not do it. At all. Right. You know what I mean? We actually have a, in, in the OSIP award that we give out to middle school kids, there's a clause in it that's, you know, when we when we have the rubric that discusses, you know, how you are supposed to nominate your, your, your kids for this. One of them says, just because, you know, if your kid, if the kid that you're going to nominate, you know, was subject to some sort of penalty or discipline for poor sportsmanship, it's equally valuable that he, he or she learn from it and act in a way that is worthy of good sportsmanship if it, you know if a kid gets ejected from a game or penalized by a referee or something like that you know the fact that he or she might go up to the referee and say i'm sorry afterward is is just as valuable you know and just right. as, as just as important and, and worth celebrating yeah as we as we kind of went over with the situation with um paul and uh bobby with the when we did yes. the interview at, at, at uno right you know it's taken i a mean de- the fact that they were able to i mean agreed to come on the show exactly in the first place mm-hmm. shows that they're willing to kind of bury the hatchet exactly exactly you know and that's and that's what this story was all about yeah. so so a, a big kudos to them for for to these guys and john spencer and whatnot for uh taking the the lead on this and doing the right thing exactly you don't see that that often no you know now to stay on the same subject of uh beer tossing Unfortunately, there was another incident in the division series in Game 4 as uh, Craig Kimbrell, the closer for the Red Sox, was coming in to pitch the bottom of the ninth inning in the clinching Game 4 for the Red Sox. Some Yankees fan actually threw a full can of beer at him in the bullpen. And he was... Kimbrell basically had to be escorted by police through the bullpen and onto the field because they knew that this could be bad. Further, um, more it video was captured uh, and it didn't get the same response of Red Sox fans 
getting beer poured on them at the conclusion of game four as, as the Red Sox won. So unfortunately, um, you know, the, not every story has that happy of an ending and it's, it's just, it's a shame, but a, a big wag of the finger to those who are throwing full beer cans at major league baseball players. As we saw in a couple of years ago in Toronto, when, Tor- when the Blue Jays and the Orioles were playing in the American League wild card game and a uh, Toronto fan in the front row in left field threw a full can of beer at the left fielder for the Orioles who was trying to make a catch. This was, this was a couple of years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't hear and, about that. Yeah, and, and uh, the guy was identified. It interfered with the play. No, he made, the guy made the play. Oh. But then the guy was identified turned out to be a writer for I think a Toronto newspaper and he was uh, promptly arrested what and charged yeah how stupid can you be and I thought Canadians were supposed to be nice but like you're a writer was it a sports writer or was it I don't recall that it probably wasn't a sports writer because otherwise he would have had a press pass I know he probably would have been working right but I don't, I don't, that's, I don't know. Yeah. It's really, yeah. really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> um, as we continue on, uh, before we get to the main subject that I wanted to get to, because it's a long and arduous one, let's continue along this here. Um, let's talk about the trolling that occurred between Aaron Judge and the Boston Red Sox in the American League Division Series. Following game two of the division series in Boston, mm-hmm. um, when the Yankees won and were headed home with a split of the, of the two games, Aaron Judge decided to blast New York, New York from either a boombox or a stereo or something as mm-hmm. he walked from the Yankees clubhouse to the team bus. And that, of course, that path passes by the Red Sox clubhouse. The doors were closed, but... People, apparently, people heard it, and they, you know, got on social media and whatnot. Um, and then, when the Red Sox won in Game Four to win the series, as the champagne was flowing in the visiting clubhouse in Yankee Stadium, they in turn blasted New York, New York. <laughs> it was, and and, and there has been a lot of commentary about this. Why not? Why not? Um... Sweet Caroline. Sweet, yeah, Sweet Caroline. I think because I think because New York, New York was more of a direct hit at Judge for doing that. Like he kind of ruffled oh, the feathers and whatnot. I guess, yeah. Um, it was. It was. I think that's more. I mean, it's dumb, but I think it's kind of funny in a way. Well, you know what? Because I, it's sort of like okay, well, you know, it it sort of goes with our adage where, um, you know, the best the best medicine is just winning. Exactly. And and they wound up doing that. Right. And, but I don't think they had to retaliate. Well, I think the bigger question is, you know, Aaron Judge has this pristine reputation. He is the Derek yeah. Jeter of this team. Right. And he goes and does something like this. Now, granted, I don't think that, you know. What was the intent behind right. it? Right. We don't, we don't know the intent. We don't know if he was doing it to really troll them. Maybe he was just doing it to pump up his own guys, and he didn't think ahead of time that he was passing the Boston clubhouse or that it would get on social media. I mean, or this is like his that. first. Was this his first postseason? No. 
No, he was in the postseason last year. Last year, okay. You know? But this was the first one against the Red Sox. Yeah, this is the first time the Yankees and Red Sox Maybe have played he didn't realize... Since the, 04, I think. Maybe he didn't realize the gravity yeah. of it. He's young. Yeah. You know? But... It was just it was just a weird thing, and yeah. and a lot of people came down on him. Um, I don't think that it got nearly as much attention as some of the other stuff we're going to talk about, but mm-hmm. it's just something to to mention because I think it also adds to the conversation about how we as fans put athletes up on pedestals, only to be kind of disappointed when they get knocked off of them, or to you know try and paint them in a certain way depending upon. Um, you know, how we feel about them. You know, if Derek Jeter did something out of character, how many people would try and, and justify what he did rather than taking a step back and saying, no, that's just plain out, plain flat wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of the same thing here. Everyone loves Aaron Judge. So, right. you know, if Aaron Judge killed a man, people will be like, oh, well, the guy had it coming. You know, so <laughs> that's 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 what I'm, uh, don't kill anybody, Aaron. But <laughs> But that's my point is that, you know, unfortunately, the... You know, the, we we look through you know these these tinted lenses with some of these guys. You know, what if it was a publicity stunt? Hey, you know what? With some of the stuff that I've seen recently, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, what if what if someone from the inside said, "Hey, if, do this"? Yeah, if from MLB said, "Do this," yeah. I mean, but you know what? At that point, I feel like that's bad sportsmanship. <laughs> yeah, so, and and you know what leads me to say that that could be possible. The MLB Twitter account, when um, when they were uh, posting things following that win, they had a picture of the Red Sox celebrating, and the caption read, "Start spreading the news." So, so was it? So it's like a chicken and the egg thing. Exactly. Did they hear about it and then use right. that as an homage to what he did? Let me let me put or, it this way. Yeah. The people in charge, especially these young people in charge of these social media accounts for the social media. Exactly. The You're so- sounding like a retiree here. Well, I am. <laughs> the, the they are in charge of the social media accounts for mm-hmm. teams, leagues, players, because a lot of these entities, these people don't do it themselves. They are so far out of touch with this type of stuff, with sportsmanship and whatnot, it would not surprise me if this was all some sort of, you know... Ploy? Yeah. So, just something to think about. Yeah, it is. You know? Um, here's, here's a story that uh, I think will conflict us because... Do you know who Liz Gonzalez is? No. Okay. Look her up on the Twitter or the Instagram. And as you're looking her up, (laughs) you see what I did there? I'll tell you that she hosts a show on Barstool Radio uh, with Barstool Sports on Sirius XM. Uh, She's from the Bronx and she's a Yankees fan. Liz Gonzalez? Yes, I think her Twitter handle is at the Liz Gonzalez. Um, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, your, Your face says it all. Uh, very attractive woman, very attractive woman. So anyway, she hosts. She's she's a co-host on uh, on Barstool Radio on Power eighty five on Sirius XM from four to six Monday through Friday with a couple of other guys. Um. Anyway, so she went to Game Four when they lost 
the series. And as the Red Sox were celebrating, uh, she posted this video response um, to her loss. I have the transcript here, okay. and I'd like to preface the transcript by saying in the first sentence, uh, she's referring to the review that was challenged of Glaber Torres being out at first base to end the game and the series. Okay. Okay, it was a bang-bang play. He was clearly out. Uh, they made the right call, and so she references that. And I'd also like to preface it by saying I have to censor some of this. Oh. All right? Okay. She says, quote, So he was apparently out, but let me just say this. I've been a Yankees fan since I was, what, eight years old? And I will go to sleep tonight peacefully with my 27 championships, knowing that I will never effing wake up a G-darn Red Sox fan, F-U Boston. Um, oh, Liz. Yeah. Now, granted, this is another situation of us looking through tinted colored glasses because Sean just discovered what she looks like and is infatuated with her now, which is fine because she is quite attractive. She is a beautiful woman. She is. But you are a well-known radio host in New York City, and you post a video that says all this stuff. Like, just read this, man. Read this yourself, because you don't get the full emphasis of it from me censoring it. And then do me a favor and watch it later when we're not recording so that you can... Get the full, get the full yeah, scope of exactly. the um, intensity. It, is, it, is, it was intense. And it really took away, you know, we, we, as you're looking at her and realizing how beautiful she is, her beauty diminishes when you see just how much of a poor sport she is. Yeah. Um, and I wonder, is this her, herself, as a, as, a, as a Yankees fan, as someone from New York? Or is this a culture that's being cultivated by Barstool Sports? You know, Barstool Sports is this um, manly-geared sports entity that has been described as part smut, part sports. It's meant to be satirical, and yet, you know, like, like it's almost like the man show for sports, mm. you know. Um, I'm going to bring up something, bring up their page on uh, Wikipedia because I want to read to you the controversies that they have had, so that you get the full essence of why I'm I'm asking this question. Right. And while you're doing that, I'm sure you're going to look at more pictures of Liz. Yeah. Sorry, guys. That's okay. Okay. Barstool Sports is a satirical sports and pop culture blog founded by Dave Portnoy in Milton, Massachusetts, and is currently headquartered in Nomad, New York City. Um, the group has uh, had a majority stake purchased by the, the churning group. Um, Portnoy continues to run the site and retain complete creative control over the content. Um, They have done a fair amount of charitable work. They do have some component sites. They have a lot of traffic. But here are the, here are the controversies that they have had and, and why I, I asked this, okay? The first one's called Babygate. 
And a quote from Wikipedia. In August 2011, the site received criticism over nude photos of American football quarterback Tom Brady's two-year-old son, which was accompanied by comments describing the size of the child's genitalia, which a former prosecutor suggested was sexualization of a minor. Portnoy argued that the comments were meant to be humorous in tone and was not intended to be seen as sexual. Number two, this is called rape criticism. The site has received repeated criticism over content posted on Barstool Sports that critics of the site allege normalizes rape culture. Comments that have sparked debate include a post on a 2010 blog where Portnoy said, Portnoy said, quote, even though I never condone rape, if you're a size six and you're wearing skinny jeans, you are kind of deserving to be raped, right? End quote. And who said this? Dave Portnoy, the, the founder of Barstool Sports. Other elements that have received criticism include comments That's such as, disgusting. quote, we don't condone rape of any kind at our blackout parties. However, if a chick passes out, that's a gray area, end quote. That's also disgusting. Portnoy, in response, has stated that, quote, it's not our intent with jokes to poke fun at rape victims, end quote, while pointing out the satirical nature of the site's content. A Northeastern University protest group called Knockout Barstool held a demonstration outside of a 2012 blackout party at Boston's House of Blues. Portnoy has been openly dismissive of the protest group and has accused them of being serial protesters. The third one goes on to explain the blackout parties. Maybe there's a reason for that. Yeah. The blackout tour parties have been criticized for promoting excessive drinking and allowing underage drinking, as well as for assaults that have occurred on the, at the proceedings. On Febu in February 2012, then-Boston Mayor Thomas uh, Menino expressed concern through a spokesperson over the party's promotion of, quote, excessive drinking to the point of blacking out, end quote, and that such promotion would not be a good message for the city. Massachusetts Alcoholic Beverage Control Commission agents and club security at a House of Blues event in Boston the following month confiscated 300 fake identifications and refused admission for around three-fourths of the event's 2,000 ticket holders. Shortly thereafter, Portnoy announced that the company would not be scheduling more of the events in Boston, stating that, quote, it just doesn't seem like Boston is friendly to nightlife of our sort, at least, end quote. I mean, and this is the same group that Liz Gonzalez is works for. Yeah. So I almost feel bad. I feel bad for her now that she's that that she has to that she's involved in something this disgusting. This, yeah. Yeah. And yet she doesn't seem to have a problem with it. And you know what? To each their own. You know, we, we're not I mean, everyone's experience is different. And everyone you, you can't. Yeah. You can't. You can't cast a blanket on the whole situation and you, without... Yeah, and you also can't force your opinion on other people. You can't, um, you know, make... We, you can't make, you know, this... Like, like um, you know, we, we like we see on television and like some of these dramas, you can't force a victim of someone to prosecute, you know, to, to seek closure, to seek damages. Right. I mean, it's up to them to want to do it. Just um, like you, you can't force someone to go into rehab. Exactly, they have to. Be exactly. they're, they're the ones they who have to make to the decision. It. Exactly, you can you can only lead the horse to water. You can't make them drink. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but it's. I mean, from from I think it's fair to say that our opinions of what we just read on Wikipedia and this experience from Miss Gonzalez at the Yankee game that she posted on Twitter is that, unfortunately. 
what is being portrayed here is incredibly inappropriate and wrong. Now, on the flip side of it, because there's two sides to every coin. Yes, yes, there are. Did she do this as, hypothetically, did she do this as an act? Did she do this as, was someone giving her direction on how to... Let's put it this way. I proceed. tried to research this as best I could. Could not find anything that um, backed that claim. You know, it was, the only things I found were her kind of defending her feelings, her frustration over the Yankees' loss. And you know what? What one person may describe as hateful speech, Mm -hmm. another person could see it as steadfast admiration and and fanaticism for for your team right you know could she have said that in a different yeah, way you, you, uh, yeah absolutely you, you know there's no but, excuse for saying and i will go to sleep tonight peacefully with my 27 championships knowing that i will never blank wake up a blank red sox fan blank you boston right that's there's no excuse for that exactly you know so, so you can paint it with that brush as much as you want, but yeah. that in itself yeah. does, doesn't, you know, doesn't have a place. And, but then, but then if we look at the, but then if we look at the context of it and we look at, if it was a different organization that she was a part of, mm-hmm. let's say a more, le- more legitimate, um, source of news if she was working for cbs or, news or espn yeah. Yeah. or something like that and she said that i think that would be much worse you should be fired you should absolutely be fired but based on what you have told me from the um from the from the past experiences with barstool with barstool um i guess her reaction for sort of falls in line with that but that does that make it right? Yeah, and I think that's the big issue. Um, you know, I'm sure that, and I I have I have not heard of Liz Gonzalez before you mentioned men, mentioned her, but I got a feeling you're going to be researching her a lot. Well, no, because <laughs> I want to see what what else she said. Maybe there, are, maybe maybe she's a well informed fan and a well informed. But know, does that give her carte blanche? To say this, no, I'm, okay, I'm not saying it does, Good. but 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 I I what I'm saying is that there's like I said, there's two sides to every coin. I would like to see other examples of her talking about the game from from a holistic standpoint. You know, saying like knowing the ins and outs of how the game works. You know, that makes you, and we, we had said this, right. that makes you a true fan. Now, let me ask you this. <clears throat> what do we gain from knowing the answer to that question? Now, cause, because how does that formalize our opinion of her and of whomever if, we, if she turns out to be a true fan saying this or being a casual fan? saying this is it just she's wrong but from two different uh, contexts yes okay yeah i mean is one worse than the other or is is one just an ignorance wrong and one a stupid wrong it's a hard it's a hard it's a hard um question to answer it's a very difficult question to answer because 
there's a difference between blissful ignorance and intentional ignorance. If you're refusing to learn and you're refusing to develop as a human being, much less, you know, a fan, then there's a real big problem with that. Right. But if you're if you're if you're saying things and I'm not saying what she said is right by any stretch of the imagination. But if you're saying something out of anger and frustration, I mean, when did she say this? Like right after it happened? Literally, you can see in the background the Boston players storming the field to celebrate. I mean, considering what kind of organization she's a part of and considering that it just happened, not saying it's right. You can understand why she did it. Yes. And I think that that leads to another important point. You can be frustrated as a fan, okay? Believe me, as a Yankees fan, I can tell you how frustrated I was watching this series, okay? I wanted to pull my hair out. I want I I wanted to I've, I've been wanting to yell at Aaron Boone left and right, okay? Now thankfully I do that within the comfort of my own home. There is nothing wrong with feeling the passion and the frustration for your own team. That does not give you the right to then turn around to someone from the opposing team or opposing fan base and say what she said. And particularly since she's in a position where a lot of people watch her uh-huh. and listen to her. She's sort of a beacon right. that should be should express her frustration a little bit more loquaciously. Mm-hmm. Nice SAT word there. It was very subsequent of you. <laughs> that doesn't even make... That's not how any I, of this, this works. <laughs> I know. That's why I did it. But you're right. I mean, look, mm-hmm. my girlfriend, bless her heart, I don't know why she's been with me for eight years, is a Red Sox fan. And she was beaming with joy after this series. Mm-hmm. But at no point did either one of us, you know, she didn't rub it in my face that the mm-hmm. Red Sox won. And I didn't go up to her and tell her that she's a piece of garbage because of it. Right. You know? So... That's where we, we, we kind of turn the page. I mean, look, she's a piece of garbage for other reasons, but oh, come no, I'm on. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's I'm kidding. terrible. I know. That's why I said I'm kidding. I know. I know. That was on a T. I have a feeling I'm going to get a phone call. I have a feeling I'm going to have to cancel the show. <laughs> I, I'm going to stay out of this. Yes. But now this leads to another question. Mm-hmm. Barstool Sports in itself promotes this type rape culture yeah and this and this type <laughs> of behavior now as someone who has a lot of ridiculous humor in his life i can relate to the the times in my life when i was young and you know used this type of humor to to laugh and i think that you know, not I'm again. I'm not condoning this in any way, shape, or form. But there were times in my life where I would I would probably maybe laugh if I knew it was it was satire. But at the same time, I would know inside that the actual existence of this is 110 percent wrong. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm explaining this right, but privately in the confines of my own home, in a conversation with someone that's not being recorded, 
as opposed as to as opposed now. to this. You and I can make jokes privately mm-hmm. right. that are very off color, mm-hmm. that are very inappropriate. Right. Okay. And we know that we are joking, the two of us. Absolutely. None that's not getting out there. Mm-hmm. You know, when we are in public, when we are recording these conversations, we know we can't say that. You have to gauge, you have to sort of take a step back. And I think that many people who hear me say that are like, wow, his filter's finally working after 35 years. And not only the pop filter. I know. <laughs> Getting those plosives. Is that, yeah. Of yeah. course. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that's but that's the truth, is that you can't put content like that out there and expect... Uh, you know, of the reaction of people just knowing that you were joking. I've learned this the hard way, you know? You have to, there has to be a public persona, you know, that that you cultivate. And that doesn't mean that you have to bow down and do everything to a certain degree. You can still philosophically question why certain things are done and choose to do certain things and not do other things. But you can't go around promoting rape culture, right? you know? That should be a no-brainer. Exactly. So, I would like to see Liz sort of on her show maybe make a, an apology for the harsh things she said, and maybe I mean I, again maybe I would maybe I should watch more of more of her program and maybe there are things where she, maybe there are things that she says that are um not as um not as coarse mm-hmm. uh, maybe maybe more analytical maybe 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 talking from the aspect of a of a of a true fan who knows the who knows the game and i i would i'd like to believe that there is a part of her that 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 is that is like that but i think um if you're in a situation where, like I said, you're you're a beacon and you're sort of you're broadcasting something to a group of people, um, you're in a position where you can really do the right thing here. Right. And the rant that she went on, uh, you know, with with all these expletives is it's really unacceptable, um, but. There's always a way to kind of make amends from that if if she does the right thing and says, "Look, I lost my cool, I lost right. my head, I didn't know what I was thinking. It just happened. Um, let's just talk baseball, right? Right? You know, let's let's let let's just be more informed. I think the only thing I want to add to that, and this gets deeper into it, barstool sports which has or allows this type of content and what I described on the internet from Wikipedia, this content sells, okay? The traffic is going to the site. People are going to these parties. What does that say about our society that they can make money off of this, that there is a contingency of our population that does not see this stuff as detrimental, does not see this stuff as wrong, and decides, I'm going to 
listen to this content, subscribe to this content, give this company my money because of this. I mean, is that is is there a deeper psychological question that we're not answering, especially when it comes to the idea of, you know, there's a lot of suppression that happens in the average person's life. You know, we suppress a lot of our feelings in these uh, subconsciously and we don't let them out tangibly. And I think that that's why some of this stuff happens. You know, the, the more people sit down with a psychotherapist and talk about this stuff, the, the less um, venomous it is. And I say that to people all the time who, who, who ask me these questions. I say, you know, when I, when I have anxiety, the best thing that I can do is talk it out, write it down, put it into a tangible form, and then all of a sudden it dissipates, you know? Hmm. And I think that I almost wonder if there's that part of our society, especially from a manly perspective, where men are not supposed to act a certain way. Men are not supposed to, you know, are supposed to be gentlemen and supposed to be, you know, chauvinist. They're not chauvinistic, um, uh, chivalrous. Mm-hmm. You know, that when a man gets an opportunity to act this way and let his hormones fly and say these things and do these things, these primitive uh, feelings and actions, it's almost like they can't help themselves. You know? It's om- you wonder what, what drives a person to say that I actually will condone the idea of getting to do what I want to do to a female, at, you know, under the guise of rape culture, basically. And that in that in and of itself is is pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, but then, if you look at it from the perspective of marketing, and you look at how something is displayed, is it more about how it's displayed or what's displayed or is it more about the reaction of the people watching it? It's a good question. Because you could say the same thing for a violent video game. Mm -hmm. Violent video games have existed for years, but is that the reason why people go around shooting other people? I don't think so. I mean, violence has been around since the dawn of man. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's not there, like video games just if, suddenly yeah. made people more angry. You, you could make an argument that there's a potential connection, but that's not the end-all be-all. We get rid right. of violent video games, violence doesn't stop. Exactly. You know? So if we get rid of a show like this, does the bad sportsmanship stop? No. Does so, the rape culture stop? Right. Yeah. And now, I'm again, I'm not saying that you could say that what what you know and everyone's entitled to their opinion i think what they're saying is is awful yeah i agree is is really just reprehensible and um i would i i would never i would never subject myself to that to that to that culture or that that way of thinking but is that but is that to say that they shouldn't be allowed to have a show like that on the air. Right. Is, is that a suppression of free speech? That's a good question. And, you know, it's, I guess, you know, we keep going to the bigger and the bigger picture. We go from one person to an organization now to... But that's how this is going to happen. And, that's, and that's, that's what has to happen in right. these conversations, you know? Yeah. And I guess, it'll, you know what, I think 
by you bringing it up that way, it always goes back to the same thing that I talk about when it comes to those types of discussions. It's not up to the government to regulate that. It's up to the free market to make it stand by people not giving their their money, their time, their energy, their ratings to these this type of group. Eventually, the parent company will look at this and say, this isn't working, and it'll dissipate. It's kind of the same thing. Um, do you remember the case of the wedding cake maker that wouldn't make the, the cake for the homosexual wedding? Yep. Okay. Everyone was calling for the, you know, the, the government to step in. Now, let me preface this by saying it is ridiculous that someone would uh, refuse service because of someone's sexuality and uh, marriage preferences. That's, that's insane based upon where we are today. And I'm sorry if you disagree with that. We're all entitled to our own opinion. Right. Okay. Um, you know, we have evolved to a point where homosexuality is, is a thing. Okay. It's always been a thing. We now accept it. Mm-hmm. We now understand it. Um, gay people are allowed to marry. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the government, unfortunately, though, really doesn't, really doesn't have the place, in my opinion, to step in and regulate that. The way to regulate that is for enough people to boycott that bakery so that the baker realizes, I have to change my ways or shut down. I cannot afford to keep staying in business because of this decision that I made. That's my opinion. It's not, it's not about, you know, the regulation of telling someone to, to, to stop like that, there's that. That's where the government should not get involved. And a lot of people called for the government to get involved, and I right. think the government did get involved. Yeah. But my opinion would be to say, no, it's up to the people to speak. It's up to the free market to to speak. Right. And perhaps that's the same thing that you're saying here with yeah. this: is that it's up to the people to stop donating their time to this, and that's how you send the message. Mm-hmm. You know, canceling. I mean, this. look, you can listen to whatever you want. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not stopping you. If you want to listen to barstool sports, go for it. You're, you're allowed you're, to you're listen. Absolutely allowed to listen. Yeah. But, to, but you should. What you're not allowed to do is you're not allowed to act upon what you're saying or what you're what you're listening. You are to not in allowed a to rape way. somebody. Right. You know, that, you're just not because allowed they're to... saying right. You're not allowed to do that. That is that is an awful thing. Consent is key. Right. You know? Um and you know that's why, you know, in a way I almost and you know maybe maybe Liz can correct me on this, but may, I feel I feel bad for her in a way like that she's that she's part of this and that she's sort of purveying this aggressive culture. She's acting as a catalyst to this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I mean, no offense by what I say. I'm, I'm just expressing concern. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think that, and and you know what? I think that that's the best way to express it rather than to say, Oh, Liz is a bad person or she doesn't get enough. I absolutely don't. I don't know enough about her and I'm not going to cast cast judgment on her. But you, but I think it's very fair for us to to say, and I think I echo your sentiment when I say it's, it's concerning to us. It's kind of disappointing to us, you know, it's a shame is what it is. So 
I think we covered that topic. Yeah. Why don't we move on to the final big one of the day? Okay. All right. The Ballad of Angel Hernandez. What key are we in? Um, Q flat. Oh. <laughs> I mean, maybe A flat. All right. I like A flat. You like A flat? I like that key. All right. We'll do A flat. Okay. And I'll, and I'll put it in rondo form. A very that'd be a very long. Listen, <laughs> very, have you seen the pages that I printed out? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This long. podcast is. Yeah, this is a long. <laughs> hey, we've had a couple of short ones recently. We do. We're due for a long I one. I know, especially being the twenty fourth episode. So A B A C C A B A. Yeah. Wasn't that the that wasn't the blood code for the Sega Genesis version of uh, Mortal Kombat? Was it? Was no. that A B A C A B B? Uh, maybe. Someone, wow! Yeah. Speaking of violent Again, video games, I'm sorry, games, listeners. <laughs> I'm I'm. Uh, <laughs> In the words of Matt Vaskersian, sorry, America. We're talking about video games. We're talking about key signatures. Some Rape of you culture. May, some of you may know, but we'll okay. I'll try to. You're right there. Yeah, I'll try to stop with the music theory. Sean and I are both musicians by day, so that's why. Yeah. We do this. Very difficult for me not to talk about music theory. So. Yeah. And I live with my mom. Don't get, don't get me started. Spe- quick, quick, <laughs> quick, funny story about my nerddom and me living with my mother at the age of thirty-five. Um, I'm doing trivia the other night, OSIP trivia over mm-hmm. at Jake's Pub. If you're interested, Jake's Pub over in Richboro, Pennsylvania, has free trivia hosted and sponsored by me and OSIP the second and fourth Wednesday of every month at eight o'clock. Mm. It's free to come out and play. Hey, I'll um, be thirty-five and uh, pretty soon. Yeah, you will be a happy early birthday. Yeah, thank you very much. In fact, you'll be—it's the day before this episode comes out. Yep. So, you old man. I know. So, I asked a question. the The category was movies with aliens, and the question was, in which movie can you find aliens, such as Bib Fortuna, Cy Snoodles, and Salacious Crumb? And the obvious answer is... Return of the Jedi. Thank you. <laughs> of well, course. The, this one team, whose team name was Rebel Scum, didn't get it. What? And they couldn't believe that they didn't get You know why? Because they, they didn't realize that those were the names. Like, apparently they weren't going... They thought that was kind of like expanded or extended universe stuff. Oh, so they thought about it too much. Yeah, they probably overthought it. Okay. So that's understandable. It's understandable. And they they asked me, like, is that what their real names were? And I'm like, yes, if you look on the IMDB page and whatnot, and you look on the credits, that's what they're what what they go by. And then I said, if you if you I'm go I'm pushing my glasses yeah, up, by the way. If you go back to the Star Wars customizable card game that came out in the late nineties, you can see that these names were were on the cards and we knew what these names of these aliens were. And, and we're not making fun of nerds no. because we are one, we are nerds right. and two, um, we just love what we do. Right. So if you love what you do in a way, you're sort of a nerd. Right. So I, I basically had to explain to them, yeah, these are the names of the, of the, uh, the aliens and it's, it's well-known fact and blah, 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 blah. And then I, without hesitating, I looked at them and this beautiful married couple and I went, I'm going to go back to living with my mom now. They laughed. They laughed. Right. Okay. Now, why did we talk about that? Because um, <laughs> we're going to have to go back and listen to that and figure <laughs> out to go why. Back to the archives yeah. here. All right, let's get back on topic here. <laughs> okay. All right. 
the Ballad of Angel Hernandez. Oh, key signatures. Key signatures right. and, and nerddom. Yeah, again. okay. <laughs> okay. Angel Hernandez. We all know Angel Hernandez. Of course. Okay. Major League Baseball umpire mm -hmm. um, who has a history of being uh, a bad umpire with bad calls, uh, a temper, quick hook ejections, suing Major League Baseball over racial discrimination, etc. cetera. Uh, in game three of the American League Division Series, Hernandez was at first base. Hernandez was assigned to, assigned to this series. In game three, he had four plays get sent to replay review. Three of them were overturned. Like, all within the first couple of innings. Hmm. Now, two of the three that were overturned were bang-bang. They were whackers. They, they could have gone either way, and it wasn't until you slowed the video down did you actually see the correct call. And I, I, I really give them a pass because umpires use not just their sight, but their sound. You know, we, we have to right. listen a little bit as well. I, I mean, we mentioned that, yeah. like with like those bang bang plays. Exactly, at first exactly. You're listening for the foot hitting the bag and the ball hitting the mitt. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's that snare drum, bass drum uh, experience. Do you hear a boom chick or a chick boom? What's the chick and what's the boom? The boom is the foot. Okay. The chick is the ball hitting the, the mitt. Interesting. One is a high-pitched sound. One is a low-pitched sound. Do they actually say that? No, that's how I use it. Huh. That's how, as a musician, that that helps me Getting out. Getting a little bit of a clinic. Uh-huh. But that's yeah. how I think of it. If I hear a, you know, then I, then I know that he's safe. If I hear a, then I know he's out. Hmm. Very, that's interesting. I, that's what I try and do. If I hear him at the same time, he's out because he didn't beat it. There's no such thing as tie goes to the runner. In baseball, you you have to beat the play. That's a common misconception. Okay. So anyway. That I didn't know either. You're welcome. Huh. So anyway, um, the media went berserk over Angel Hernandez in game three. The score was, the final score was, what, 16 to 1? Of that game, I think so yeah. So there was not a lot to talk about except Angel Hernandez. Now our good friends at Close Call Sports and the Umpire Rejection Fantasy League, who, by the way, have done a fantastic job with our partnership. Uh, one of these articles actually has a big OSIP plug in it. Really, they plugged oh, us great. twice in their latest episode of their podcast. Okay, um, they 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 are all in with us. Um, so. If you're looking for another podcast to listen to, as I always do, I highly recommend The Plate Meeting by Close Call Sports. A lot of former Major League umpires. A lot of just great, great conversations. Um, hmm. I'd like to read some of this stuff from some of these articles. Uh, this was the first one that was put out by, by Gil called The Ballad of Angel Hernandez. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, they wanted to explore why this 25-year big league veteran is such an explosive figure, okay? Um, as we know, they, uh, he's, he is suing uh, the Office of the Commissioner of Baseball for racial discrimination, claiming that because he is Latino, he is being refused um, promotion to crew chief and World Series assignments um, when his 
reviews and his performance uh, reviews clearly state that he's a good umpire. Um, recently, uh, MLB uh, submitted a motion to the court um, the, the, in the Ohio Southern District Court, which is where the case was filed, that the lawsuit be moved to the Southern District of New York. Um, I quote here from Gill's article. The original story was that Hernandez's lawsuit alleging employment discrimination took another step this month, but things changed once Angel Hernandez started trending up the Twitter charts. The fact of the matter is, at this point, some people simply want Hernandez to fail. Whether it's their blanket dismissal of Hernandez's lawsuit and racial charges therein, bandwagon animosity devoid of facts, stubborn clinging to incidents from the 20th century or otherwise, a swath of the baseball community simply doesn't like what it perceives Hernandez to stand for and wants him, as the embodiment of these issues, to lose. These are the people who won't acknowledge them when they're up, such as, uh, such as Angel's second-highest plate scores during the 2016 AL and NL Championship Series games and 2015 AL and NL Division Series round, but can't wait to kick him when they're down. This guy's you know, percentage of balls and strikes was very, very high for his postseason assignments in those years. And in a blowout ball game, when there's nothing left to root for other than the final score, it's that much easier to turn the attention to an umpire. Perhaps the easiest prediction any one of us can make is that when Hernandez takes the plate for game four, which he did the next night, his first borderline ball or strike call, regardless of quality of correctness, uh, which statistically speaking will most likely show as correct, will generate an entirely disproportionate level of charge criticism from all angles as if baseball's latest dam of hate has been opened. Pedro Martinez took, to disliking to her, took a disliking to Hernandez from the get-go on Monday after, the game, after game three, imploring MLB, quote, to do something about Angel. He's as bad as there is, end quote. And Jeff Passan similarly concluded, quote, the culprit is far likelier the fact uh, that he's not particularly good at his job. That grammar must have drove you nuts. A little bit, a little bit. As bad as there is? As, as uh, good as the Yankees were in the first half of this game, <laughs> that is as how bad they've been now. It's my Tim McCarver from Family Guy. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Yep. Yet, individuals critical of Hernandez fail to supply any factual evidence to support such claims other than the three overturns in a game evidence that we saw Monday night, which any st statistician can quickly tell you is an incredibly small and insufficient sample size with which to make a generalization. Frankly, it's surprising in a sport valued so highly for its statistical data analysis and which invented the term sabermetrics that we haven't so much as heard a hint of numerical caution as to the Hernandez rating, ranting. Then again, other than us at Close Call Sports, who really pays objective, fair, and balanced attention to umpires anyway? Um, let me see here as I move on. Okay. Here we go. What spurred the Hernandez-hating hashtag to begin with, uh, with on Monday was his being overturned via replay review on three occasions. That dropped Angel from a league-wide rank of 52nd with a 471 review affirmation percentage prior to the playoffs to 66th with a 409 re, re, uh, RAP uh, review affirmation percentage. 
All that really needs to be said overall about RAP numbers is that a handful of division series umpires ranked even with uh, even with or less than Hernandez's 52nd and nonetheless got the assignment. Uh, Jerry Lane, Andy Fletcher, Chris Conroy, Mike Winters, Gary Cedarstrom, Tom Hallion, Doug Eddings, and Todd Titchener all had worse RAPs and all worked the division series. Series. That was, that was in grammar. Uh, let's see here. Can I ask you a question? Please do. He's arguing that he wasn't, didn't have a postseason assignment because he was Latino, right? He, he didn't have a World Series assignment. World Series assignment. And he, right. and he has not been promoted to crew chief because he's Latino. Now, and there's Laz the, Diaz, isn't he? He is also Latino. Mm-hmm. He. What, what's, what, what was his. Was he. Has he ever worked a World Series? I have to go back and look if he's, at, if he's, if he's worked a World Series. He is not a crew chief. Okay. Um, I also don't think he's been working as long as Angel. I don't think he has 25 years in the big leagues. Okay. Um, he may have been an acting crew chief, as Angel has. Mm-hmm. He's been an acting crew chief in situations where the crew chief has been on vacation or out due to injury or there's mm-hmm. been a, a moving around, whatever. Um but neither of them are full-time crew chiefs. Okay. I got it. And for the record also, Angel Hernandez has worked a World Series before, but he hasn't worked one since I think 2003. Oh, wow. Okay. And the discrimination <clears throat> in the lawsuit, I believe, and I'm paraphrasing here, is due to the fact that Joe Torrey, former player and manager, Right. is the one who oversees the umpires and that there's a grudge being held because he did not like a call that Angel made in the game at some point. He's gonna, he has a personal vendetta against him and is not giving him these assignments and, the, and this, these responsibilities. As we've discussed before, that a former player and manager should not be in charge of the umpire assignments. Right. Um, and the reason that the umpire community, especially at Close Call Sports, believes that that is a factor is because another angel, Angel Campos, was an up-and-coming AAA umpire who was a fill-in umpire who, uh, who worked a lot of major league games. He had a bad call. I don't know. I think he got the call right. Again, I got to go back and look. But there was a disputed call when Don Mattingly was managing the Dodgers. And Mattingly didn't like it. And we all know that Mattingly and Torrey worked together for a while, both with the Yankees and the Dodgers. And uh, Manningly, we feel, or they feel, put in a call to Joe Torrey to say, get rid of Angel Campos. Do not give him a full-time job. Cut him. And Angel Campos was released. Never made it to the big leagues. He's still in AAA? No, he, he's been released from minor league baseball. Now the most he can do is college baseball. That's really low. Shady, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now we don't have this. We don't have this factually, but it's there's a smoking gun. Wow. Okay. Um. To continue with this article, Hernandez may be in the bottom half, but with 90 total spots of umpires, he's certainly not as bad as there is. If anything, Hernandez slots into a fairly average MLB crew chief's performance. On the whole, crew chiefs are below average on replay review. So Hernandez's numbers are nothing all that unusual. It's not unusual to be. For Why are crew in, chiefs' numbers lower? They just—it's it, just one of those things. I think it's hmm. because, for whatever reason, 
I, the, statistically speaking, crew chiefs have uh, like a very median replay affirmation percentage. Hmm. I don't know if we can statistically point to why that is, hmm. but they've had they've had calls overturned. That's interesting. You know, um, three overturns in a game is an oddity, but it's happened before. Uh, in August 2017, Larry Vanover was flipped three times in Detroit. Um, John Lipka, who's a call-up umpire, was also flipped three times. Hmm. Um, three overturns is rare, but it's not unheard of. Um, that said, this is a first for a postseason, don't forget, also, where managers get two challenges instead of one. Okay? For, remember that, too, is that the rules are different in the postseason. In the regular season, you get one challenge, and every time that you your your call is reversed, you win the challenge. You keep the challenge. Right. If you lose, your challenge is over. Mm-hmm. In playoffs, playoffs. Don't talk, talk about playoffs and play in playoff baseball. <laughs> if you lose the first challenge, you still have one more challenge. Ah. Hmm. Uh, to, to continue on, it says here, it just so happened that Hernandez's rarity coincided with a postseason blowout ball game. He had a bad day and perhaps a tough series, but it's irresponsible to blow this out of proportion. And then they go on to talk about some of his, his other incidents in prior seasons that explain why um, some of this stuff has followed him. Because everyone hates him, and all of a sudden, you know, they just... They just they just get all of these different incidents, and I'd like to I'd like to bring this up, okay. Twice Angel Hernandez has had an incident with um, Anthony Rizzo of the Cubs. The first time was that positive one in the NLCS in 2016, I believe, where Rizzo apologized to to Hernandez for showing him up a little bit, mm-hmm. and. Every time Angel Hernandez has been mic'd up and you can hear this mm-hmm. stuff, he has been more than positive. He said, he, he said, he, you know, I think if I'm paraphrasing the conversation, Rizzo said to him while the catcher was running out to the mound, hey, I'm sorry that I, you know, kind of showed you up by, you know, stepping out of the box on that close pitch. You know, I thought it was ball four and you called it a strike two. And he said, and Angel said, don't worry about it, man. I know you're competing. I know this, the importance of this game. You don't have to worry about that. Don't worry. And, and he goes, you know what, you know what else? Show what kind of a good guy you are. The fact that you came up and said something to me about that, that shows me that you're a good dude. So Angel Hernandez is a good dude, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. Another, the second one with Rizzo, a game in early August 2018 ended when uh, Rizzo was called out on strikes to end the game by Hernandez. Rizzo said, quote, the call is unacceptable, and manager Joe Madden said that the call was egregiously bad. The next day, after Hernandez saw the replay, Hernandez said in describing the pitch, quote, it was a cut fastball three inches off the plate. Rizzo was right. I'm not perfect. I mean, what kind of humanity is that? Right. You know? Um, I mean, I, this, this just all goes on. I'm not going to go into a lot of this stuff here, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I'll read the, cl- the closing time here. Okay. Um, Jeff Passan's tweet after game three read, uh, only one thing was worse than the Yankees in their biggest playoff defeat ever Monday, umpire Angel Hernandez. And as his discrimination lawsuit against MLB proceeds, it was clear Hernandez was guilty of one thing, being awful at his job. 
To conclude, Gill says, I'll drop one quick example of the underlying racist attribute a, sociol a sociologist might call it racial microaggression affiliated with some of, Hernandez, of the Hernandez criticism. Interpret it as you choose. When Passan issued his awful at his job summation, he made, he made sure to seek out the A and E characters in his name with accents just to make it clear that Angel Hernandez is indeed an ethnic name. By contrast, Hernandez's official bio in MLB's umpire media guide contains no accented characters. Hmm. So, I mean, again, interpret it however you please, because I think it's kind of gray. Are you trying to do the right thing by putting the, the accents over a, someone's name? Mm -hmm. You know. We then move on to game four, when Hernandez was behind the plate. CeCe Sabathi was on the mound. Okay. And we know from earlier this year, you and I were at the bar when we saw this on Sunday Night Baseball mm -hmm. when CeCe was pitching in Anaheim and Hernandez was behind the plate and they had a dust up. Yeah. Okay? After the loss in, in the deciding game four, this is all Gill on another article, of the American League Division Series, um, New York starting pitcher CeCe Sabathia stated, without being provoked, as his press conference was wrapping up in the locker room he said quote I do need to say this though I do not think Angel Hernandez should be umpiring playoff games he's absolutely terrible he was terrible behind the plate today he was terrible at first base it's amazing how he's getting a job to uh to umpire in these playoff games he shouldn't be near any of these games he's bad I don't understand why he's doing these games Um, do you know how many calls he got right behind the plate in game four? In terms of percentage. percentages. You want to take a guess? 93, 94? 98. 98. 98% of his balls and strike calls were correct. He missed three pitches. The two of the three that he missed benefited New York. Hmm. So... The fact of the matter is that this is this is unacceptable. Okay, we mentioned this with um, was Todd Frazier. Yeah, mm -hmm. how he was complaining about all that stuff. Yeah, it's just it's funny because when you're losing, it's someone else's fault. It's someone else's fault. But if you're winning and they make if they make the wrong call and you're winning, well, you're not going to complain then, right? <laughs> It's funny. They're doing a great job right. then. Gil goes on to talk about how ESPN, MLB, and the X Games have that shred hate campaign to end bullying. And he says, you know what? Maybe shred hate should also refer to the fact that we should get rid of this umpire hypocrisy. Maybe just ditch the lead moniker altogether and leave Mike Trout as the campaign's sole role model or substitute an antonym for shred. Now, in this article, at this point, he does yell, Gil does, time. And he says, On this October 10th World Mental Health Day, if you have experienced abuse or want to prepare yourself for officiating abuse, please consult our 2017 World Mental Health Day article at the end of this paragraph. You can also visit our plate meeting podcast sponsor, the OSIP Foundation, which runs the mm. official's anonymous hotline at osipfoundation.org slash off and on mm. for officials experiencing non-clinical issues related to abuse. 
Oh, you want to see it? Yeah, I want to see it. There you go. And then he calls play again, and he goes back into this. But that's great. Isn't that great? Oh man. He then he then I'll just sum up um, this article at the end when Gil says yes. Hernandez did get overturned thrice on replay during game three. Thrice. And then nailed his game four plate job. Hmm. And the, two, the coup de grace of this whole thing. Rick Porcello, who pitched game four for the Red Sox with Angel Hernandez behind the plate. After he was told of CeCe's comments regarding Angel Hernandez... And CC asked if he thought that the Red Sox said the same thing. And CC said, ask the Red Sox. Porcello was asked this, and he, this was his response to Sabathia. Quote, throw the ball over the plate, CC. I thought Angel Hernandez called a good game. You got to put the ball over the white part of the plate, and then you get the strikes called. Now, granted... That's, that's a little trolling. That's yeah. a little unsportsmanlike. Right. Okay. That's like playing New York, New York again. Yeah. But, I mean. He's not wrong. Right. <laughs> I mean, um, just play the game. Yeah. How you play, play the, the game. game. Look at that. Wow. You see what I did there? I see what you did there. I got it. Get it? I do get it. Good. <sighs> Looks like we've come full circle. We have. We have come, especially after a year of podcasting. We end with how you play the game. So, um, in summation of the Angel Hernandez situation, I would just like to say to everyone out there, um, if you've never had a bad day at the office, you don't know what's going on. Everyone can have a bad day. And what Angel had in game three was a rough day. Okay? They have, and they have replay to fix that. So he had a bad day. And, and they didn't have to live with the bad calls. They fixed it. Okay? There's no point crying over the spilled milk. And then he nailed his plate job. So, I mean, I can't tell you how many people on Twitter I have unfollowed or muted who are high-ranking media people because of their abuse of umpires. It is a shame. It is an absolute shame. And, uh, and I still challenge CC and the Yankees to donate that $500,000 to us right. following the, the ejection in Tampa. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's, I have lost so much respect for CC Sabathia in the last couple of weeks. He, he gets lauded as the old guard on this Yankee team, having been here since 2009. And I'm sorry. I, I just do not respect him anymore. I don't know him as a person, but this type of stuff tells me all I need to know. Not a good sport. Mm. Just, just a shame. And, and, and we as a society have to readjust our priorities and the way that we think and see this for what it is. Ridiculous. Mm. So with that being said, 
as we close, let me congratulate you, Sean, on 24 episodes, a year of podcasting. Thank you. And a 35th birthday. Thank you. Um, we hope that everyone out there has enjoyed these 24 episodes, and we hope for many more years of these to come. Yeah, we're not done yet. No, we're not done. Okay. Um, we are. I'll tell you what we are doing. Uh, and so I, this is the end of the first season? Yes, this is the end of the first season. This is the season finale? Yeah. I will just keep, keep call the next one episode 25, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's in the middle of... Right. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, we are going to change the blog, though. Our blog, The Strike Zone. Oh? We have picked up so much steam with how you play the game that uh, we're going to change the blog from weekly to monthly because the amount of stuff that we talk about is here on the show and people are listening to it there. So okay. the announcement will come out in November that it will, it will switch to a monthly blog instead of a weekly blog. Okay. But um, the, we want to thank everybody for listening, for making this show such a success. We have a lot of fun doing it. Um, oh yeah, you know it's uh, it's a great time and a, and a good good excuse to get together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we've had many appearances from your kitty cat. Yes, Lucy, who's upstairs sleeping right now. Yeah, who that was an experience keeping her in her room while uh, they were doing the carpet here the other day. Oh gosh, yeah, or getting her to my girlfriend's place when they were fumigating this place, and I, I can still see some of the paint. Up yeah, because I haven't finished. I didn't, hadn't gone into the kitchen yet. Uh, I just did the, the, the spots where the uh, the carpet was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's my next port of call. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Sean. Yep. Um, thank you all for listening, for being a part of this this first year of, 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 of how you play the game. Um, we will see everybody uh, on the next episode. As a reminder, you can go to osipfoundation.org, facebook.com slash osipfoundation. Uh, Twitter at OSA Foundation, hashtag how you play the game. Our email is podcast at osafoundation.org. And we're still waiting to hear from people like CC Sabathia and John Spencer and Liz Gonzalez. Maybe we should have a board of, of like a whiteboard of people we're waiting to hear from. Well, duly noted. Okay. We'll, 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 we'll keep track of that. Okay. I think I have a whiteboard over there somewhere. Okay. So, yeah. 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 All right. Well, anything else? Bye. <laughs> well, To echo the bye, treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSIP Foundation, Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by Soundspring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osipfoundation.org. interested in advertising on how you play the game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org.